Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend yes yes y'all from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. Is it though? It is today. Texas Football <laughs> Today, a show on the internet more than ever. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on TexasFootball.com, on Facebook, or on YouTube. Let's go. Or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making it sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks, and she's the one who got us up on YouTube. She's actually Partially, better. yeah. Give credit where credit's due. Jesse from Texan Live, help. But yes, we did. We made it happen. Hello, take, take YouTubers. Credit. Take credit for it. Yeah, I like Jesse, though. Like, if it was you, I would have totally taken credit for it. Um, yeah, but I like Jesse. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. Uh, today is Friday, February twelfth. <laughs> we don't know. We have no Friday, idea. Friday, <laughs> freezing. Uh, February twelfth, twenty twenty one. Two hundred eighty six days till Thanksgiving. Episode one thousand one hundred one thousand one hundred nine. Eleven oh nine. This is the Mike Wallace episode, not from sixty minutes, uh, but from instead from those five games uh, in nineteen seventy seven with the Texas Rangers. Um, so how about that? That's some... Uh, Who could forget those eight innings? Yeah, I remember them like they were yesterday. On today's show, friends, uh, at the back half of the show, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to four. The back half of the show, we've got Fun Topic Friday, and we're going to talk about the greatest athlete of all time. And I want you to tell me who is the greatest athlete of all time. Let us know on the text line or in the comments. Uh, you can text us, 972-532-6665, 972-5-DAM-OK, 972-532-MONK, or... Uh, let us know in the comments. Let us know who is the greatest athlete of all time. And if you've already sent it in through text, I have a running list yeah, going, so, so don't, don't feel the need to send it again. Send it in again. Uh, but we want to know who do you think is the greatest athlete of all time. We will discuss that at the back half of the show. Uh, we will have another topic off the top. But first, Pickle, do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Rob Hadaway, Tony Blaylock, Aaron Flynn, and Lau Good. Welcome in, fellas. Again, shout out Aaron Flynn. First comment and first four through the door. He's on a heater. He's on a heater. Okay. So I want to discuss an article. An article. I read something. I read something. Um, and if I read something, 
I'm going to brag about reading something. And yeah. that's what this whole segment is. <laughs> I read an article. Uh, but no, this is an article by Bud Elliott over 24-7. I believe Bud Elliott used to be at SB Nation. Um, I've been following Bud Elliott for a while. He's a, 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 one of the, one of, in my opinion, one of the finest national recruiting minds out there. And I think he thinks about recruiting in a really interesting way. He's got a piece up on Texas, or I'm sorry, on tw- uh, 24 Not on TexasFootball.com. No, TexasFootball.com. <laughs> I want to be very clear about that. 24-7.com. Uh, the headline is why FBS college teams signed 400 fewer recruits than normal in 2021. So he crunched the numbers, and this is something we do in our summer edition of the magazine, right? Well, I do recruiting between the number, or, or you know, recruiting between the numbers, and uh, where I dive in and I take a look at the uh, FBS signing classes for every. Uh, team in the nation and we break it down we try to look at trend lines how teams in the state of texas do or how how teams in the state of texas do uh unique things like uh who recruits the most who puts out the most what state puts out the most offensive linemen right and Mm -hmm. what state puts out the most running backs also uh you know who australian kickers australian kickers who (laughs) does most of their recruiting in state right um, things like that, those types of things. We, we break down uh, all the all the recruiting numbers, news and notes. Um, and that's something I have to work on coming up here in a little bit. Oh, it's a large left. But the article that Bud Elliott wrote for 24-7 belies a bigger fact, which is that FBS college football teams did not sign the – as many high school prospects as they normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, significantly fewer. I mean, 400 fewer. And that has a bunch of different ripple effects. Let's first talk about the why. I think the why is pretty clear, and it's twofold. One, the additional blanket year of eligibility for all college football players mm-hmm. that the NCAA gave. They said, no, no matter if you play zero games, no matter if you play, I guess, Alabama pro- could have, or I don't know. Did anybody play more than like 13 games? No. No. Okay. So uh, it didn't matter if you played zero games, 13 games, whatever. 2020 is a mulligan. Mm-hmm. You get, everyone gets an extra year of eligibility regardless of how many games you played. I thought that was the right move by the NCAA, in my opinion. I thought that that was, that was the most equitable to the most number of players, mm-hmm. and it did not put the pressure on these football programs to go out there and play games if they did not feel it was safe. Right. Okay, so there's that. That's part of it. The other part of it, I think, and this is a, a kind of a perfect storm here, is the transfer portal. That the uh, the increase in the transfer portal and the ability of the UI, or I'm sorry, the uh, the NCAA coming out and basically saying um, that uh, the, the that the that you can transfer basically freely, mm-hmm. you know, more or less. Um, that is, I think, becoming a much more attractive offer. Yes. For a lot of teams, and he's even got a quote in here. He talked to one staffer, quote. If it is a borderline recruit for us, we'd rather take a transfer who we know can cut it physically at the college level, end quote. Yeah. And I think that that's something worth mentioning is you have these guys who are in the transfer portal. Obviously, you have some co- – most of them, you have some college tape on them or you mm-hmm. know that they, that some other program thinks that they are uh, a an FBS caliber kid. 
they go in the portal. You can grab them. Why would you do that instead of if you have a, a high school kid that you think might be good but maybe a bust? Mm-hmm. This seems like the more sure thing. Well, and that to me seems like the perfect scenario. And you can use two Texas mm-hmm. schools that just solely based off of records and how the programs went last year, it's one of those things for a recruit like that that knows that they're good enough to get there but maybe just didn't get the offer right off the bat. Go to the small college and instead of maybe going to a, a UTEP or a Rice that's been really struggling, wow. you go to the small college and then turn around and ball out and get the offer from SMU that's been on the up and up and always takes transfers. So here's the other thing about this, okay? I think it's a, there's, there's another element to this that I think is a two-way street, mm-hmm. which is evaluation. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple, college football programs were not able to evaluate at the same level mm-hmm. over the course of the last 11 months. Even recruiters, like guys like Powers, you know, it was, it I mean, was different I mean, whether, for them. Whether you work for a university or you work for, a, you know, next level athlete, athlete yeah. you have not been able to go out there and get your eyes on kids in the same way that you normally do. And so, on one hand, that... Um, that is that, you know, for one, that is a, that's, that's, um, that, that means that a lot of these players, I think, fall into that borderline category that that staffer was talking about of like, why wouldn't we just take a transfer when we can do that? Um, I think that's most stark when you look at a team like Texas state who signed zero high school football players. Um, I think that they are making a bet that they are able to go out there and win with these transfers and make the program, um, appealing you know use this and 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 get this immediate like shot in the arm to Mm -hmm. their to what they believe is their process so look here's the thing about that though Uh, obviously when you get to the fbs level there's really really strict scholarship rules and stuff like that and i want to be very clear that there's strict scholarship rules at every level of football but as you go down the list of of as you go down the um you know down the levels right to fcs to division two division three you do have a little bit more, a little bit more scholarship flexibility. Mm-hmm. A little bit, you can take on a few more players, right? And so these four hundred FBS, pro, like there were not, when when this uh, article says that there were four hundred fewer recruits signed by FBS college football teams in twenty twenty one, there were not suddenly four hundred fewer FBS caliber players. No, out absolutely there in the not sta- out there in the nation. Okay, there weren't. Mm-mm. And they had to go somewhere, right? And a lot of these guys, you are starting to see pop up. Uh, some of them are ending up, uh, I think, guys like uh, uh, C.J. Rogers, right? Mm-hmm. Who is um, uh, the, the quarterback from Argyle. He, he's going to be a walk-on at Baylor. Mm-hmm. You're having some of those. And those obviously don't count as signees, right? right. Those are preferred walk-ons. He's going to walk on there. You've got some of those. You're also going to have, go take a look at the recruiting classes that... Sam Houston State and Stephen F. Austin and uh, West Texas A&M, mm-hmm. right? And Abilene Christian and Incarnate Word and Texas Lutheran and Southwestern. Go look at the signing classes that they're bringing in. Because what you'll notice, I think, if you, if you, are, if you have a keen eye and you understand kind of what you're looking at, mm-hmm. what you'll notice is these are... There's a noticeable bump in quality mm-hmm. in these signing classes that it has been a, it is a trickle down effect that, OK, you're not getting this scholarship offer from, you know, you know Texas State. You thought you were going to get a scholarship offer from Texas State. It doesn't come along. 
Well, then you end up maybe going. I'm I'm picking a, a school at random. You end up going to um you know McMurray. Yeah. Right. You decide I'm going to go play at McMurray mm-hmm. instead, and ball out, and be the star there. Every level, those 400 players had to go somewhere. And by the way, those 400 players are that that maybe let's uh, sake of argument. Let's say those 400 FBS players that didn't get signed by FBS teams. Let's say they go down and they're playing at the FB, at the FCS level mm-hmm. now. Well, those 400 FCS quality players, they got to go somewhere too, right? And so they're going down to Division Two, mm-hmm. and then you know, and so on and so forth. What I am saying is that I think that there is a really real chance that over the next couple of years, I would say for the 2021 fall season and the 2022 fall season, I think there is a real chance that you see a significant increase in in talent level and in quality of football that you see at that level because there is going to be this talent infusion that they simply have not had in the past by virtue of the circumstances that came around with the COVID-19 pandemic. And it makes me wonder, too, if, if you want to take it a step further and say that since a lot of these programs are ending up playing in the spring, there's going to be a larger fan base, I feel like, that also boosts from small college football because it's just – it's a, a casual fan like us, even though we work in it. But still, it's like, are you likely to watch a McMurray football game – in the normal season when everything right. else is going on. To be honest, probably well, not. But am I going to sit down and watch it in the depths of March because there's nothing else going on? So it's one of those things I feel like you look at that, more people start watching it. If they're seeing this product on the field be better than it ever has been, then it's one of those things where it's like, oh, hey, yes. there's good players. I could go I play against good people. I think that's right. And, and then I the think, train continues. And I think that what you're going to see is especially these teams that are playing in the fall, or I'm sorry, playing in the spring, Tarleton plays Saturday, mm-hmm. I think, on Fox Sports Southwest Plus. Yes. Um, Tarleton plays this Saturday. That is going to be, like, in normal circumstances, the Tarleton game would be swallowed whole by the entirety of college football happening. Mm-hmm. Right? It wouldn't even because, be broadcast. Because Notre so Dame's playing whoever, mm-hmm. right? And everybody's paying attention to that game. Instead, the focus is going to be on there, and I think you're right. There are going to be more eyeballs on the small college world. Mm-hmm. world. I Again... Nobody is saying the pandemic is a good thing. No. What I am saying is I think that in a variety of ways, from the talent level and from the exposure level, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. I think that you could see a boost in the small college football world under the FBS level. Mm-hmm. FCS on down, I think you could see a boost simply because of some circumstances that have arisen yeah. because of it's just it's a glass half full situation. The pandemic sucks. The official right. standpoint of Dave Campbell's two thumbs down. But if you want to look at anything on a positive side, this is definitely one of them. Right. So, uh, it's a great article. I, I highly recommend it. It's uh, Bud Elliott. He wrote, Why FBS College Football Team Signed 400 Fewer Recruits Than Normal in 2021. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. If you're just viewing us for the first time because you, you're on YouTube, like, hey. Welcome. We do this every weekday at noon. Right? Howdy. A uh, noon central, I should say, because theoretically you could be watching anywhere. And we all know yeah. that central time zone is God's time zone. It's God's time zone. All right, Pickle. It's time for Friday fun. Fun f- topic. 
F around Friday. <laughs> um, and uh, one, it's it's a topic that I think is is really it's 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 for the um, pundit class of of sports, and it was tailor made for them on this week coming mm-hmm. off of the Super Bowl. I don't know if you saw uh, there was a football game this past Sunday. It was hmm. the Puppy Bowl. Yeah. And um, it was Chunky adorable. Monkey. Chunky Monkey sold the show. After, uh, duh. There was also <laughs> a football. There was also an American football game that happened after that. And Tom Brady led. Tom Brady quarter, was the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think we can probably make the. I think it's fair to say that the defense is probably the shining star of that team. But Tom Brady now has seven Super Bowl rings. You take a team that hasn't been to the playoffs in sure. ten years. Sure, that's something he to. He did uh, something. No, I, yeah, I'm not here to crap on. That... I'm not here to crap on Tom Brady. And it was a topic tailor made for the pundit class mm-hmm. on Monday, which is, man, and it was the take that you started hearing uh, Sunday night on 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 social media and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Man, Tom Brady, the goat. He's not just the greatest football player of all time. He is the greatest athlete of all time. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, first of all. I think I think one thing we have to do is probably uh, disconnect success from greatness. Yes. And I know that's weird. But what I mean is that Tom Brady that. is undoubtedly the most successful quarterback of all time. He has seven stage, or seven, stage, seven Super Bowls, right? <laughs> undoubtedly the most successful quarterback of all time. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's the greatest. I mean, it's a team game. I think coaches will tell you it's a team mm-hmm. game. Um, and he was on some great teams with the Patriots. He obviously did his part. Again, I'm not here to crap on Tom Brady. Oh yeah, but I don't think that having the most. I don't think that having the most championships automatically makes you the greatest player in your sport. Yes, that's that's something I would go a little bit. For example, the guy who the the player who has in baseball, the player who has the most World Series rings. Do you know this? Mm-mm. Is Yogi Berra? Yes, Yogi Berra, the catcher. Yeah. Okay, for the I Yankees. didn't know that. Yogi Berra. Great player. Hall of Famer. Undoubtedly. All the way. Yeah. Undoubtedly. Not the greatest player of all time in baseball. He's not the greatest baseball Mm-mm. player of all time. Right? Uh, we can certainly have a debate on who the greatest baseball player of all time is. <laughs> uh, but, so we, we open it up to you. We're still taking comments and text. Mm-hmm. 972-532-6665 if you want to text us. And let us know who you think is the greatest athlete of all time. Because here's a few that I'll throw out there that are maybe a little bit off the beaten path. Okay. I think I have some too. Okay. Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. I think Muhammad Ali has an argument to be the greatest athlete of all time. I think that he was. Um, I think he changed the the face of boxing. Yes. I think that he was a dominant champion during a time in which, during arguably the uh, the golden period of heavyweight boxing. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think uh, Muhammad Ali and the way that he did things. He has an argument to being the greatest, the greatest uh, athlete of all. You time. hit such a nail on the head, though. The the change the way that blank, that is such a key factor in this. When I start thinking about this topic, is okay. they changed something? Yeah, they did. Um, I think uh, I think there's a real argument to be. I think if you want to go into to, to uh, maybe an, an off sport, maybe we don't think about it too much here in Texas. Uh, but Wayne Gretzky, 
Yep. Wayne Gretzky is pretty clearly the greatest hockey player, player of, of all time. time. Mm-hmm. And it, it like he's the guy that everybody compares hockey players to mm-hmm. of like he could like if you say he could be the next Gretzky. Like yep. that's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he's a guy I would throw in there. Um, I'll throw one else out there and then I'll shut up and, and let you, you talk. Okay. And maybe it's again because he's in a sport that's 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 different. I feel like we're going in the same place. Michael Phelps. Yep. That's exactly that was the one I was going to bring up. Michael Phelps is, uh, you know, twenty eight medals. I mean, he's he's the, he he's holds the, greatest, the record. He's the greatest swimmer of all time. And I mean, and I I'm not here to. By the way, one thing I don't want to do is I don't, I'm not here to judge like, oh, being a swimmer is tougher than being a basketball player. <laughs> I think that is a. I think that is, um, uh, you know. Uh, there's great sushi and there's great, you know, uh, burgers, burgers, but they're not the same. They're, they're, we, we can, you don't we can agree that they're both great. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm not here to do that. But I do think that when you take a look at what Michael Phelps accomplished and what he was able to do in the dominance that he, uh, he showed in his sport, um, I think Michael Phelps has an argument. Okay, I'll shut up and let you talk. See, okay, I have I, – I thought about this a lot, especially because I was reading everyone's answers as they were coming in, and – I would love to just be able to give you an answer like, oh, no doubt, best athlete of all time. I think exactly what you said about the sushis versus burgers. You can say yeah. they're both the greatest of their category if yeah. you want to look at that. But it you it's so hard to compare them, and there's a couple reasons why. One, it's hard for me to define the best athlete of all time because it – really takes a look at how you consider athleticism because are you looking at their physical capability of what they do because you look at someone like Muhammad Ali who's out there just chunking punches and you look at someone like Tiger Woods who's easily probably the greatest golfer of all time and yeah their their physical presence in the sports that they play are completely different and like and like that's that's you're exactly right it's like if we were to go like pure athleticism yeah pure athletics it's like okay it's probably like a guy like even LeBron Mo, James, like, maybe, like, a, you know? like a guy like Mo Farah, yeah, who's the, the the British Olympian who's like one of the most dominant distance runners of all time. Exactly, right? it's like obviously he's an incredible athlete. He's mm-hmm. a great athlete, but it's like I think if you get into that. That is an that that is that is a tougher conversation to have. Yeah, because you can't one. compare right. sports that way. And yes. there's the other thing: is it's so hard for me to think about comparing it when you go and we touched on this with the Tom Brady thing. When you think about it from a team sport to an individual mm-hmm. sport, because you look at a person like Tom Brady, and yeah, you say oh, well, the defense won him the Super Bowl, so how can you consider him the thing? But then you look at a person like Serena Williams who is out there just dominating fools left and right in her own individual sport. And so it's like, to me, having a conversation about the singular greatest athlete of all time... It's really tough. It's almost impossible to do. Well, and and here's another one, and this is... The other thing is, there is also... There are I, I freely recognize that there are sports that I am just like super ignorant to. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like for example, uh, one thing that I heard a lot of whenever like I was going through and reading some people talking about this on on Twitter, mm-hmm. and somebody brought up Simone Biles. Yes, Simone Biles is the is the gymnast. Yeah. Um, and I don't I like I I don't know, but the but the smart people who follow it mm-hmm. say are saying yeah, it's her. She's like you can't believe how much better she is right. than everybody. And it's like, "Oh, okay. I just have to trust you on that." Right. I can probably tell you who I think is the greatest quarterback or the greatest running back or the greatest receiver of uh-huh. all time, right? I probably cannot tell you 
anything about like the floor exercise, mm-hmm. like except like that's super cool and I can't. <laughs> like she's clearly awesome yes. and very athletic. I can never do she that. She's good. Yeah. Uh, there was one other point that I ha- oh the other thing too, and this is such a big factor of that goes into this. One, I mean, the obvious is men's versus women's sports. That's a big topic of conversation sure. when it comes to physical being. If we're talking about athleticism that way, but the other thing is too that makes it so difficult is the time period mm-hmm. that these players are playing in because there is the pinnacle of the argument in between the who's better MJ or LeBron sure it's the time that they're playing in you know we'll never know <laughs> I mean I know mm, I, I would love to hear that I have a very sound argument on this that I'm not scared to say oh, okay it's LeBron James um, see and I, like 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 if you look at the defenders that were guarding like like Michael Jordan, it's like LeBron James would bully bully ball exactly, and that's what I'm saying. The, the time, time thing because we can get into who everyone was saying and stuff, but it was like younger people tend to think that there's different greater athletes mm-hmm. of all time than everyone else saying Jim Thorpe, and sure. he was outplaying in the 20s. Right. You know, it's like it's so hard to compare those. No, I totally two agree, things. and that's and that's why it's a good debate, and that's why <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like, so I much think, fun. I think what's good is that, and, and a good positioning statement. There's not an answer. Like, <clears throat> like there, like we're just talking about it. There's not an answer. Yeah. And so I'm interested to see to hear what the uh, what the peeps put out there. Yes. Um. So two of the best answers that we got. Just you'll see why. One, Matt Step hooping in the E block oh, was one that I absolutely <laughs> respected. The other one, uh, someone said. Jesus beat the devil, walked on water, and the greatest comeback in history after three days, which I got a good chuckle out of. So there were two funny ones that we just needed to get out of the yes. way. On yes. to serious topics. We all respect, we all respect the athletic <laughs> accomplishments of the Lord. <laughs> okay. Other than that, the two, the two that were said the most, which I feel like is okay. not a surprise to anyone, Bo Jackson. Yep. And Jim Thorpe. Mm-hmm. Those were the two comments that I got back the most of being the greatest athlete of all yeah, time. Yeah, and Jim Thorpe, I would even maybe throw in a guy like um, Jim Brown in that co- category as well, uh, in the sense that from a dominance perspective, and, and maybe I think there's something, I think there's also something about being a running back mm-hmm. that – um. Especially from a time perspective, yes. I think that uh, I think that it still carries over because I think that we understand how difficult it is to run the ball in football, yeah, and especially so, at the highest level, right? And so as a result, like seeing like if you see any any film like old grainy film of Jim Thorpe, you're like, oh my gosh, like that's like what he was doing just is incredible. Mm-hmm. And I also think that it's one of those things that it's. It's it's easy to diagnose greatness there. Like I think mm-hmm. that a lot of the things that like I think I think one of the reasons why it's hard to call Tom Brady or, or hard to, to to say Tom Brady is or isn't the greatest football player of all time mm-hmm. is because he's a quarterback and because a lot of the things that he does that are most important are the things that like like the, the lay person doesn't eye. notice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like play fakes, right? Yep. Like audibling out of place, like throws he doesn't make. Mm-hmm. I say that all the time about high school quarterbacks. I say that like like a lot of times like like I'm impressed by the throws he doesn't, doesn't make. make. He doesn't try to fit into tight windows. He doesn't make dangerous throws. He values the football. And so that's why with running backs, I think it's a little bit more kind of clear cut. There are some things obviously like run blocking and things or pass blocking and things yeah, like that. Yeah, but it's more but of like, a yes. linear yes, play. I think, I think it's, that I think it's a little see. easier to diagnose. And that's mm-hmm. why like for example, 
when I've tried to get into other sports, right? Like uh, back at about 10, 12 years ago when I started getting into soccer, one of the things that was really difficult for me was identifying who the really good players are. Like who had a good game? You yep. know what I mean? Like if I watch a football game, I can tell you who had a good game and it's not just the guy who ran for 100 yards. It's like, man, that left guard just went up there and kicked some rear today. Right. You know what I mean? Like you can notice that. It's harder to – and when you're learning a new sport, like with soccer um, – that is harder to do. It's, mm -hmm. it, it's a learning curve. I feel like I can do it now a little bit, but like that's why Pele is probably on this list. That's why Diego Maradona is probably in the mm -hmm. conversation. That's probably Lionel Messi, yep. Cristiano Ronaldo. If that's your if that's your your flavor, like yep, that's you know they have to. They're probably in that in that mix as well because they are so dominant at the sport that they play mm -hmm. uh, in their time period. And I think the two the the biggest reason that so many people say those two in particular is the multi sport aspect of it of you're playing in the NFL but they were also playing mm -hmm. in the MLB and so I feel like that yeah. in people's mind and that again almost goes down to the like physical athleticism of the greatest athlete of all time is if you are cognizant enough to be able to play at the highest level in multiple sports mm -hmm. clearly there's a good argument for why obviously yes You've you are an athlete in you, and of itself you've earned your way there yeah you've earned your way there um okay two there are two there are two baseball players i want to shout out and i want to be very clear to say that i am not saying they're the greatest athletes of all time but mm -hmm. I, here are two people we do not talk enough about okay, okay? two people one is jim abbott do you know who jim abbott is i do not jim abbott was a pitcher in the uh 80s and 90s um uh, the late 80s uh, and then and then throughout the 90s. Uh, he was born without a right hand. Oh, wow. And he's a major league pitcher. He threw a stinking no-hitter. <laughs> he was like, he has like a, you know, uh, I, 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 and maybe that's like, you know, obviously grading on a curve and stuff like that. I think that's incredible. Oh, and we don't yeah. talk enough about Jim Abbott. No. I'm sorry, go back. Yeah, go, he, he threw a no-hitter for, uh, for, for the Yankees in like 94. Wow, that's incredible. awesome. So there's that. The other one, and I was watching highlights of him yesterday. We do not appreciate the greatness of Ichiro. Ichiro, yep. <laughs> Ichiro might have been one of the greatest That's baseball fair. players of all time. That dude was unbelievable. And I don't know. Anyway, there's, those are two baseball players I want. Well, to play. and there's a whole nother level of when you start looking at Paralympic athletes. Oh my gosh! Like, how can you like reasonably speaking? How can you not say that the stuff that they do is that much I mean, more insane than a person sure. like LeBron who is completely healthy? You know, yeah. it's just it's all it's those tough. different levels, it's you tough. know, because yeah, that's that's a feat that's just insane. Sure. Um, OK, so uh, let us know who you think is the greatest, the greatest athlete of all time. Do we have any comments? Um Yes, someone else brought up a really good point, and I don't know if they meant it as a joke on Twitter, but it's also <laughs> true. Like, uh, they said Secretariat, the, the horse. The horse. Hey, but, listen. I mean, seriously, they are in the sport. That's yeah. part – like, that's like going out to golf and having your clubs. A golfer can't be a golfer without his golf clubs. You can't be one of the well, best horse – or NASCAR. That's another, another left turn. But – And it's know, well, difficult. Who's that <laughs> – there's a guy, and you'll have to. You'll have I mean, to, I would say Dale Earnhardt Jr. is the best in NASCAR, but that's just you'll have to. You'll have to excuse day. me, but there's a guy in F1 who's like, yeah. who's like just like so clearly like the most dominant driver out there. It's like, does he count? Yeah, you know what I mean, uh, that's why it's a good topic. That's why it's an it is. Um, let's see, what was another one? A lot of people are throwing out. Um, where was it? Where did it go? 
Uh, Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders was incredible. Deion Sanders was was really really. Um, yeah. The a good buddy of mine put Tiger Woods, and he gave his reasoning there. He said, most polarizing athlete of all time, most dominant, dominant most wins in a PGA Tour. Uh, the comeback story plays a big thing, and sure. still good at the age of 45. Sure. No, no, no. And I think, uh, you know, there's another thing of, like, like, like and when you're longevity. Like longevity. It's yeah. like, if you are incredible, like, for one year, it's like, okay, like, that, that's, that's great, but what does that – what does that actually mean? Um, anyway. We got we got one more, though, that one I want to know if you have heard of this person. Because I'll be honest, I had not. Is it Babe Diedrichson Zaharias? Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Do you, know, do, you know, do you know why? Do you know this is that? Because Beaumont. Have you been in the museum? Uh, yes. There are well, two reasons. One. Tony told me about it. <laughs> and then um, the other thing about her, and, and this is something, this is fair, but we have the same birthday. So oh, okay. We have the same birthday. Can I read so off it some? It was one of those things that, like, I was like, when I was, you know, you're 10 years old, you look up who has your birthday, it's like, babe, Dietrichson's Zaharias. Who is this? Who is this? And then you, it's like, oh, my gosh, yes, go ahead. Yeah, just to, if people haven't heard of her, so she Shout did. Shout out PA. Yeah, track and field, she has two Olympic gold medals, one silver gold medals, four world records in the 1932 Olympics. Then she went on to play golf. She has 41 tour wins, including 10 major championships. She's in the LPGA Hall of Fame, female athlete of the year six times, awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, and was a basketball All-American. Uh, she also played basketball an expert in softball, diving, swimming, roller skating, pool, and bowling. And I did some really deep diving here and found out that she used to, she was known for being really good at sewing. She used to sew her own golf, like, attire together. Mm -hmm. And she won the 1931 State Fair of Texas sewing contest for okay. one of her golf outfits. And she also played the harmonica. Like, that's just, like, the coolest person of all, like... <laughs> That's a human being thing, not an athlete thing. Um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting topic, and um, I don't know. It's there. I want to be very clear. There are definitely five hundred different people that we <laughs> should have mentioned that we didn't. Yeah. But it's uh, it's it's an interesting topic that that the Tom Brady thing really wanted me. To, yeah. To, to to get that. Although I, counterpoint, Tom Brady got super drunk on a boat, so maybe it is Tom Brady. I mm, yeah, avocado tequila. Apparently, that's a Yuck. thing. I don't know about that, but he looked like he was having a good time. Uh, that's gonna do it for us. We do not have a show on Monday. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One is President's Day, so we're gonna honor the presidents. Uh, and two, uh, I think the roads are gonna be super bad. <laughs> it's gonna be really cold, so we're not gonna do that. So there's no show on Monday, but we will be back on Tuesday. God willing, and the creek don't rise. So it's gonna do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com for Ashley Pickle. I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, do you want to be known as the greatest athlete of all time? Get your trophy. Please get your player of the year trophy. <laughs> see you Tuesday on Texas Football Today. Mm -hmm.